2: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play!
3: Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is our Thursday edition. The Huddle Reload coming up here in just a bit with Toby and Teddy to get you ready for Oklahoma and Kansas State on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Yes, as we sit here and drop this on a Thursday mid-morning. Game's still on, and I know there was a lot of questions. There still are a lot of speculation. But, you know, the the Friday test will tell a lot, but I've kind of had this theory, and nothing official, just kind of my opinion, that as long as the Wednesday tests go well, then I don't think we're going to get cancellations in conference play on Friday. Now, I could be wrong, and, and we'll find out, but that's kind of the philosophy that I'm going with. So we'll get ready for kickoff. We'll get ready for Oklahoma and Kansas State with Teddy and Toby coming up with a huddle here in mere moments. But before we do that, I wanted to share two really good interviews I got to do as part of the Tuesday press conference show with Jeremiah Hall and LaRon Stokes. And let's start with the standout from the Tulsa area, the lone senior in that defensive line room, LaRon Stokes. Uh, take me through, LaRon looking back. I know it's, it's two weeks now, but what did you learn when you looked back on the tape from Missouri State?
4: Uh, learning from Missouri State, just some things in my game, just, just to uh, really just key the ball more, just not just get off the ball a little faster. I think that's a focus, a point of emphasis that the D-line as a unit has uh, tried to improve and just just making more plays in the backfield, just being more productive as a unit.
3: Now, as, as you go forward, obviously, competition increases. Kansas State coming in this weekend. Uh, we know they had some success running the football, but as, as you dove into it, where do you want to make steps this week to, to be more effective than you've been in the past? Not, not as if you haven't been, man. You've been balling. But where do you want to see yourself continue to improve?
4: Uh, I just want to be able to reset the line of scrimmage, just be able to play more in the backfield and make more plays because I feel like last year I left a lot of players on the field that I need to get back this year.
3: Now, with that in mind, Skyler Thompson, veteran quarterback for Kansas State, they're coming off a tough loss, but what have you seen from the Kansas State offense as, you, as you've as you scouted and prepared for them on Saturday?
4: Uh, one thing we know about K-State is that they always are a disciplined team. Like We can't take anything for granted. Their schemes are going to be good, so we have to be on our A game.
3: All right, I want to talk a little bit about your room, that defensive line, defensive tackle group. Uh, Calvin Thibodeau and Jamar Cain kind of working with all you guys right now. But more importantly, I want to know how Tibbs has been for you. When you have a guy that's established, that's played as well, and played at the highest levels he has, what's it like to play for Calvin Thibodeau and be in that room?
4: Uh, just one thing about Coach Tibbs, he's going to demand the most out of you. Like, he's never, it's never going to be an easy day. Like, it's, it's like, even when it's like a, a relaxed day, it's going to be, it, whether it's just physical he wants you to be more physical, more mentally locked in. It's just always another step that we can go. So we can't get relaxed, we'll always be better.
3: You know what? It's got to be unique for you because you look around that room and your boys are all gone. I mean, Q's gone. Dylan famatau has gone. You know, Neville's up playing in the NFL. How unique has that been to kind of be the veteran face now, Leron, after just one season in that room?
4: Yeah, it is. It's definitely different just after one year, but I mean, it just comes with the territory. And Coach Tibbs, he's been uh, grooming me to be become a leader, more vocal, and things like that. Because I've never really been a vocal person; just more do it by action. But I'm trying to grow as a leader. So,
3: I, what's that challenge like? Do Do you talk to other people when you're trying to become more of a vocal leader? You've You've always been. I don't want to necessarily say a quiet guy, Lebron, but by action. So, what's that challenge like when you want to become
2: more vocal?
4: Uh, I mean, it's definitely just. It's not, it's not too hard, but definitely just making my voice heard in the room, whether it's after practice, before practice, like if things aren't going well during practice, just try to get the team back right or my group back right mentally and just get us back into the, into, into the game. All
3: right, I've talked a lot about you, but real quick before I let you go, tell me about the rest of the D-line, a lot of young guys in there with you. How do you feel about this group as a whole right now moving forward?
4: I feel like we got a lot of potential. We, there's just, just some things that we got to clean up, but there's a lot of athleticism in our room and a lot of things that we can, uh, you can look forward to seeing this year.
3: Hey, I'm a 918 guy, so anytime yes, right. I can get a Tulsa guy in here, I'm all about it, Laron. Great start to the season, man. Good luck this weekend against Kansas State. Thanks for swinging by. All right, thank you. And Toby calls him the bullfrog. He's steady, he's solid. Jeremiah Hall. Take us through the overall feel for this team right now. Obviously you get a game under your belt now heading in off the bye week into game two. What's the overall feel in the locker room right now with
5: this squad? Uh, continue to be better. You know, obviously it was it was one game. We're glad we got the W but at the end of the day everybody on the field has to get better for two reasons. Number one, we have an end goal to win a national championship. Number two, with these circumstances of COVID and um, everything that's going on in terms of um, not being able to play for a certain period of time or, you know, anyone could be out at any given day. And so that means everybody has to step up, and um, that's the reason why we have to continue to get better.
3: Boy, that, that ratchets up a little bit of, of everything for everyone, right? right. It's uh, you, you just never know when it's your time. So I can imagine some of these practices have been pretty competitive, haven't they?
5: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, like you just said, everybody has to put their best foot forward because you never know. You never know when opportunity is going to come.
3: You know, a lot of people talking about the throw last week, uh, two, uh, two weeks ago now. Take me through the play when Spencer Rattler found you dancing around a little bit. You end up coming back to the football. What, what was, uh, I mean, was that just find a place to get open for you there, Jeremiah?
5: Yeah, you know what? So the, uh, to the fans, it may seem like a great throw <laughs> and a great play, which it was. But, you know, for us, that's normal. You know, <laughs> that happens every day in practice. And we're told to keep playing. You know, you never know when Spencer's going to throw that thing to you. And obviously, like he did last week, he put it right on the money. I kept on playing, and the rest is history. From the perspective of just the focus
3: right now, you know, we, we talked about game planning and getting ready for Kansas State. or uh, We'll get to talking about that here in just a second. Yeah. But do you have to block – I mean, following protocols is necessary, but do you block out Corona when you're out there on the field? I mean, how do you guys prepare? But also, you know, you're getting tested three times a week. Does it hang over you? Do you just block it out and follow all the protocols?
5: Um, really, once you're out there on the field, you're out there on the field. Right. You know, there are no excuses in terms of whether it be COVID nineteen, your classwork, um, anything. You know, once you're on the field, you're thinking about ball, and that's how I expect the rest of my teammates to go out there and play. Because you know, like I said, once you're out there, you can't do anything about it. You right. Know, obviously, you're wearing the mask, and so you're probably thinking about that. But besides that. <laughs> you know, we have a responsibility to go out there and play.
3: How unique was it with no fans in the stands? Or maybe I should put that, limited fans in the stands. You're, you're used to that place going crazy, yeah. but it was a little bit different. What was that like on the field?
5: Oh, it wasn't too bad. You know, I, I really didn't, you know, same thing like what I just say in practice. Once you're out there on the field, you know, you don't really think about it. But in terms of the volume, in terms of the energy, it, it was still well felt. You know, shout out to Center Nation. You guys did a great job regardless of the situations, and uh, I had a good time. Kansas State this weekend
3: coming in, 11 a.m. start. Uh, Obviously, they they did a number on us last year, but take me through what you've seen from Chris Kleiman's defense and how you guys are are ready to roll on Saturday.
5: Uh, They're well coached. They're well coached. But we're well-coached, too. You know, we have a chip on our shoulder, and um, we're ready to go out there and get after those boys.
3: All right, final thought, and I'll let you get out of here. That H-back room has got to be a fun one, not just with Coach Beamer running it, but you've got yourself, you got Braden in there, uh, Mikey Henderson looked well. Take me through the competition in that room because, what, competition breeds excellence, right?
2: Yeah,
5: yeah. You know, Austin Stogner's in that room, yeah, too. that's right. You know, he, he rotates with our room and uh, Coach Gundy, and, you know, I think – I honestly think we have the best H-back room in the country, best tight end room in the country, and I'll I'll put ups against anybody. And so when you have those guys next to you challenging you, you're always going to want to get better, and I have fun doing it with them.
3: Jeremiah, appreciate your time, man. Good luck this weekend, and thanks for coming on.
5: Thank you. So there you have it, Jeremiah Hall and LaRon Stokes from
3: our Tuesday press conference show. We'll bring you those interviews every single Thursday here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. All right, let's get after it. It's time for the Huddle Reloaded with Toby and Ted.
6: I'm in a good mood. How are you tonight?
1: My mood is probably better than yours, Toby. You think so? Fantastic mood for me.
6: Fantastic Mm -hmm. mood. Why is that?
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, We've got a a game scheduled this week that hopefully happens. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There's a lot to be happy about right now.
6: That's true. That is true. Uh, Hopefully it does happen. Sooners coming off a bye week. They are, of course, 1-0 a 48 nothing win over Missouri State about a week and a half ago to get the season started, and I would imagine, Ted, we're going to find out in the next hour. We'll visit with Lincoln Riley coming up here in about 60 minutes or so. I would imagine it's been a little different bye week than normal for these guys, don't you think?
1: Well, yeah, I mean bye weeks are are always, you know, they're not always the same. I guess is the best way to put it. You know, uh, sometimes you're coming off of a, a really good win. That was a hard-fought game against a a top opponent where maybe some guys are banged up. You got some bumps and bruises, and uh, it's a little bit lighter. Other times you're coming off of a a performance maybe that wasn't so good, and it's early in the season, and you need some more polish, and the coaches are going to grind on it a little bit harder. So they're not always the same. So this one is difficult because, you know, whenever you look back at training camp, and, you know, this isn't just an Oklahoma problem. This is a college football problem. Everyone's gone through this. You've been missing, you know, lots of guys in and out of the lineup, in and out of of practice and workouts. You know, I do think there's a, a little bit of conditioning concerns as as far as some of the uh, the soft tissue and some of those injuries. We're seeing those happen even in the NFL. So you've got to stay up to date with that and, you know, push the guys hard, but not too hard. So it's weird trying to to juggle all of that to know what's the right amount of practice we need to be doing and what's the right amount of resting we need to be doing. And you throw in the fact that you may not have, uh, you know, some percentage of your team there during the bye week as well. Just makes for a really difficult formula that uh, that's why we let Lincoln Riley do it because I don't want to mess with it.
6: Did you like bye weeks?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were typically okay. There was usually maybe one or two days off in there somewhere.
6: (laughs) (laughs) You don't strike me as a guy who, uh, takes it easy too well on a bye week kick back a little, although Um, there's probably not a lot of taking it easy going on.
1: Well, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Um, work hard, play hard, I guess, you know, and, and, and get some rest in there as well. So bye weeks were, like I said, I mean, If you played really well and, you know, there was there was some guys that were banged up maybe a little bit Bye weeks tended to be nice. If you (laughs) they usually come or they used to. It's like you play three non-conference games. Then you have a bye week and no coach ever thinks their team looks the way they're supposed to coming out of some non-conference games. So they were usually the most brutal practices of the year.
6: Now, the Sooners have a couple of more in the schedule, maybe even another one at the end of the year, depending on if they have to move the Big 12 championship game back a week. It's yet another element of this season that is different than norm. We've got several of these sprinkled throughout and uh, might need them. That's why they did it that way. Opening segment presented by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. The opponent, of course, coming up Saturday, the Kansas State Wildcats. This is the Big Twelve opener. Teddy, it feels a little reversed from the NFL in college than the norm. It feels like the NFL, well, they didn't have any exhibition season this year. Right, they just right jumped right it. in. Feels like college has had a bit of an exhibition season. Although Iowa State and Kansas State would argue with you it was but it feels like these first two or three weeks we've kind of been you know, playing some lighter games. And now here we go. Big 12 football. The SEC SEC starts on Saturday. ACC big games coming your way. Kansas State is a revenge game for Oklahoma. It was the only regular season loss for the Sooners a year ago. And it was a shocker, Teddy, up in Manhattan.
1: Yeah, it really was. I mean, uh, going into that football game, felt really confident about it. It was a Kansas State team that had looked okay, but not anything that you felt like would be capable of beating a top five Oklahoma, but had a really good game plan offensively. Uh, They did a lot of stuff, pre-snap motions, shifts, trying to throw that defense off that was in their first year under Grinch, and they did a good job with that, and uh, they just, they were methodical. They capitalized on all of their, their situations, and one of the biggest things, they beat us in special teams. Turnovers in special teams ended up being really critical. We had some turnovers there that cost us, so yeah, I mean, Kansas State, you look back on it, they played their perfect game. It went just the way they would draw it up. You see their time of possession, you know, almost doubled up on time of possession against Oklahoma, and that's the recipe to beat them. We you know, whenever people can possess the ball, keep our offense on the sideline, that's typically whenever they do well against us.
6: Drive of the game presented by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma. Kansas and Texas Hey Sooners don't get past get pike pass for our drive of the game this week. We're going to look back at several drives from the fourth quarter. The Sooners trailed by 18 going to the fourth quarter in Manhattan and then CD Lamb tried to single-handedly put them on his back and lead a comeback. What what an amazing uh, run there for the touchdown and then here we go again. <laughs> Sooners pinned down deep inside their own 10-yard line. Of course, Jalen Hurts, such a big part of this team with his legs a year ago. They're down 48-30, Teddy, with eight and a half minutes to go in the game. And you thought, well, surely this thing's over. But they didn't die.
1: Yeah, they just kept hanging around there, kept putting points up. And next thing you know, a couple of big plays. You look up the scoreboard, and it's like, hey, we still got a shot at this thing, and, and CD was huge down the stretch. A couple of uh, massive plays on this one. It's a great uh, – well, that's not the long one, but uh, he had a, a couple of just unbelievable individual efforts, uh, making guys miss, avoiding tacklers, and uh, getting to the end zone.
6: Charleston Rambo gets him inside the 10. Jalen Hurts with his legs down inside the one-yard line. Six minutes to go in the game. Sooner still trying to mount the comeback. They would push it in from there to get a little bit closer. But still 11 down after that touchdown. Ultimately, this is going to come down to the uh, onside kick. (laughs) The controversial one. Sooner's trying for the two-point conversion here. Hurts back of the end zone. Finds CD to make it a 10-point game. Under five to go now. They've got Kansas State in trouble on a third and seven. Skyler Thompson, who played magnificently, nearly makes a horrendous mistake there. So the Sooners force another punt. This is when you start to lean forward in your seat a little bit and think, well, maybe. C.D. Lamb nearly got loose but tripped up. Three and a half to go. Hurts, who threw for a ton in this game because they had to. They were so far behind all day. Finds Nick Pasquin on the near sideline. The deep across the middle. Lee Morris. At this point, Kansas State can't stop him, but there's only two minutes to go in the game. Hurts lobbing across the middle. <laughs> juggling grab by C.D. Lamb. I mean, sometimes you got to resort
1: to those type of plays late.
6: Sooners go ahead and settle for the field goal. They needed two scores anyway, and Gabe Burkich makes it. He made them all. That makes it a seven-point game. Then here's the onside kick. Great kick. It takes a left-hand turn. It bounds around. Oklahoma falls on it. But you'll remember there was a flag and a very, very long replay. And ultimately, the ball would be awarded to Kansas State. Illegal touching on OU. And that's the way it would end, 48-41. to An exhausting day. There's it really Spencer was. Atler,
1: by the way. It really was. It was... Uh... It was an interesting game it was It was an exciting game for a lot of the wrong reasons, but uh gave ourselves a chance late you, i mean one of the the fascinating things about the game you go back and look at the box score, I think you know Jalen had maybe eighteen or twenty carries, something like that, and the next closest guy had like five yeah and it was just a weird day to where our offense you know after getting behind big just didn't operate the way that it typically does and you know, when you throw a, a, a wrench in the gears there and throw our offense off, it, it makes for a difficult day. But, you know, one of the things, a lesson learned there with, with Kansas State, and it's going to factor into this year's game. And you look at what they've done, you know, uh, not just in that game last year, but throughout the the season last year, special teams is where they're going to try and make some hay. We had uh, what, a turnover on a sky kick there on a special teams play, and. You know, possessions like that are just critical uh, down the stretch. They returned, I think, four touchdowns last year on their kickoff return team. And we've seen that they've had some really good players there in the past, punt return and kick return game. So uh, you've got to have all, all your uh, screws dialed in there on, on the special teams, on all the units, or uh, Kansas State will make you pay.
6: Been that way forever mm-hmm. for them. Back to the lockets. And, uh, sure. Little guys, Darren Sproles back in the day—they've always been good on special teams. All right, we'll talk more K-State here in a second, but I want you to give me—we're both going to pick one player to watch somebody you think is v- extra important for OU, maybe could have a big game on saturday
1: i'm i'm thinking about nick benito um really quiet in week one but whenever you talk to the coaches through training camp through the offseason he's a guy that was really impressive to everyone and uh like i said just a little bit quiet in week one didn't have a whole lot of opportunity as good as they played out there uh got off the field really quickly I think Nick Benito could end up having a really big game. There's going to be some some crucial running plays where your edge players have to really be involved in, in how you fit those runs plus some of the pressure packages and, and stuff on third down. He's probably your best true pass rusher right now off the edge. So looking for Nick Benito to really emerge in this uh, this week's game against Kansas State. and Have a big day.
6: You liked Nick Benito last year. Mm-hmm. He made one of the biggest plays of the season for them, but do you like him even more this year that he's wearing number 11? I mean,
1: that is obviously probably the biggest factor. Yeah, sure. The coach is talking about his off season, just a small detail, but man, he looks good in that one. One He right? does
6: look good. I mean, everybody looks good in the 11. I like your pick. I'm going to go with a guy on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to uh, go with TJ Pledger. And, I don't know for sure if he's going to play, but if you follow him. I was about it, to
1: say, are you? is that a, a breaking news? No, I don't know for sure. I know he
6: tweeted out this week, game week, and so everybody's assuming that he's back in there. I think he's going to play. T.J. Pledger is the starting running back on the depth chart. He won that job, and I think he is, while he is obviously excited about Seth McGowan, Marcus Major, and some of the big plays they made in the running game, A week ago I think he's eager to show why he won the starting job at running back I think you're going to see TJ Pledger potentially have a big day on Saturday
1: well I think he's very capable of it I think that TJ Pledger has been you know kind of unfairly cast on this team as as a guy that's you know maybe not good enough not quite big enough not quite fast enough but from what we've ever seen of him he's been a productive back he's got good vision uh, you know he's versatile, which is what Lincoln's looking for in his backs—guys that can run between the tackles, uh, can factor into the the passing game, the guys that you can trust in uh, the the protection schemes. So it wouldn't shock me at all if we saw Pledger go out there and have a nice day. I know he's capable. Yeah, there's
6: some really intriguing guys that did not get to play uh, in game one. That if they're healthy and ready to go, could really add some extra dimensions. To this offensive, you know, Braden Willis we didn't see on the sure. opening week. Drake Stoops, we were told, had a really big uh, fall and, and could be a factor at slot receiver for them. And then, obviously, a lot of guys on the defensive side
1: of the ball Obi-Alo as well. obi is another guy that... Oh, yeah, that's right, Obi. I, I can't wait to see him. Yeah. Huge transfer wide receiver, 6'3". 220-some pounds, massive guy. i like to see him out there on that offense. All
6: right, let's take an opening timeout. We'll do a deeper dive into Kansas State, the opponent for the Big 12 opener when we come back. It's the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, brought to you by Bud
2: Light. Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser bush Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. It's time to go
6: behind enemy lines now, brought to you by Riverwind. Riverwind still the one. Kansas State, the opponent for the Big 12 opener, off to an 0-1 start after being upset by Arkansas State a week and a half ago. Mm. They have played Oklahoma Teddy tougher than anybody really over the last eight years. They've beat them three times. Uh, There uh, have been a couple of other really close games. Obviously, they got them last year up in Manhattan.
1: Well, in 17, we go up there and uh, we're down pretty good early. Was 21-0 or maybe not that much, but we're down early in that football game. Had to come back late. They've won here twice
6: over the last eight years. Chris Kleiman really appears to be an excellent hire for them following up on Bill Snyder. Series history, it is lopsided, 76-20-4. and four. OU has won 10 of the last 13. Look at that first game. I saw this earlier today, Ted. Sooners won it back in 1908 by the final of 33-4. to four. How do you think that happened? Two safeties? Well, thank you. <laughs> Although in I 1908, mean, I don't know how scoring w- was done.
1: Well, that's true. That's a good point. I don't exactly know, but... Um I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange score. It's a
6: dominant, dominant victory with two safeties. Uh, we'll have to get Stats Kelly on when the last time OU gave up two safeties in a game and won by 29, by the way. Uh, all right, let's talk a little uh, Skyler Thompson. Quarterback, dual threat guy, got a good arm, good wheels. He had the game of his life against Oklahoma a year ago up in Manhattan. But to be respected, this is an experienced, talented young man.
1: He is. Gosh, he's he's really experienced. It feels like he's been there for what seems like six years. And that, that kind of happens with all their quarterbacks, doesn't it? I mean, they kind of take over and everything runs through them. Good player. He's he's good enough athletically to beat you in some of the run game stuff. He's big and physical and could run between the tackles. Uh, you know, just kind of messes with those linebackers and safety's eyes whenever he beats you a couple of times. And helps them out but capable in the passing game as well as you see here you know down in the red zone it's a dangerous area if you vacate the middle of the field with some of your pass coverage stuff he's just going to tuck it and go beat you with the draw Uh, he's got an adequate arm I wouldn't say that he's a guy that you would say is a, a pocket passer or just a super accurate guy it's more of a concept passer like a one read, we'll throw the over route, or we'll throw the swing route, or we'll throw the bubble route. We've got a hard play action and boot, and then you throw the comeback. He's not a guy that I would say is going to stand in the pocket and just pick you apart and go through reads, but he is adequate in the passing game. and They've got some pretty good uh, receivers there that that are, can move around, give you some shake in the slot, and give him some options.
6: Sooners obviously gave the Missouri State quarterback Johnson Fitz What's important for the OU defense Saturday against Skylar Thompson?
1: Well, I mean, it's always the same things. You know, the, the whole thing always works together. If you can put pressure on the quarterback, it's going to help the back end a ton. If the back end is locked in, covering down where they're supposed to be with no free runners, it's going to give the front a little bit extra time to get to the quarterback Linebackers have to be dialed in and underneath coverage, have to tackle well in space, have to have their run fits in the running game. I mean, really, the the plan is the same every single week, and you've got to execute the opportunities whenever you have them. We had plenty of chances in week one for turnovers. We ended up with one. Now, Kansas State, not typically, and this hasn't always been the case, but this is what they try to do, not turn the football over. Be really good at special teams and have a chance to, uh, to you know, be within a score late to where they can open things up and, and try some stuff. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult probably this week to get some of those turnovers. But whenever you've got the opportunity, you've got to make them. The only senior
6: on the depth chart on that defensive line, LaRon Stokes, big number 96 out of the Tulsa area, went to Tulsa Noah. Came from NEO He's had a great uh, couple of years in a Sooner uniform. He visited with our Chris Plank earlier today.
3: Joined now by LaRon Stokes, off to a great start for the season. Uh, Take me through, LaRon, looking back. I know it's it's two weeks now, but what did you learn when you looked back on the tape from Missouri State?
4: Uh, Learning from Missouri State, just some things in my game, just just to uh, really just key the ball more, just not just get off the ball a little faster. I think that's a focus, a point of emphasis that the D-line as a unit has uh, tried to improve and just just making more plays in the backfield, just being more productive as a unit. Now, as,
3: as you go forward, obviously, competition increases. Kansas State coming in this weekend. Uh, we know they had some success running the football, but as, as you dove into it, where do you want to make steps this week to, to be more effective than you've been in the past around? Not, not as if you haven't been, man. You've been balling, but where do you want to see yourself continue to improve?
4: Uh, I just want to be able to reset the line of scrimmage, just be able to play more in the backfield and make more plays because I feel like last year I left a lot of players on the field that I need to get back this year.
3: Now, with that in mind, Skyler Thompson, veteran quarterback for Kansas State, they're coming off a tough loss, but what have you seen from the Kansas State offense as, you, as you've as you scouted and prepared for them on Saturday?
4: Uh, one thing we know about K-State is that they always are a disciplined team. Like, we can't take anything for granted. Their schemes are going to be good, so we have to be on our A game. All right, I want to talk a
3: little bit about your room, that defensive line, defensive tackle group. Uh Calvin Thibodeau and Jamar Kane kind of working with all you guys right now, but more importantly, I want to know how Tibbs has been for you. When you have a guy that's established, that's played as well and played at the highest level as he has, what's it like to play for Calvin Thibodeau and be in that
4: room? Uh, just one thing about Coach Tibbs, he's going to demand the most out of you. Like, he's never, it's never going to be an easy day. Like, it's, it's like, even when it's like a, a relaxed day, it's going to be, it, whether it's just physical, he wants you to be more physical, more mentally locked in. It's just always another step that we can go. So we can't get relaxed, always be better.
3: You know what? It's got to be unique for you because you look around that room and your boys are all gone. I mean, hugh D- has D- gone, Dylan Famatao's gone, you know, Neville's up playing in the NFL. How unique has that been to kind of be the veteran face now, Laron, after just one season in that room?
4: Yeah, it is. It's definitely different just after one year, but I mean, it just comes with the territory and Coach Tibbs, he's been uh, grooming me to be, become a leader, more vocal and things like that because I've never really been a vocal person, just more do it by action, but I'm trying to grow as a leader, so.
3: What's that challenge like? Do, do you talk to other people when you're trying to become more of a vocal leader? You've you've always been, I don't want to necessarily say a quiet guy, Leron, but by action. So what's that challenge like when you want to become more vocal?
4: Uh, I mean, it's definitely just, it's not, it's not too hard, but definitely just making my voice heard in the room, whether it's after practice, before practice, like if things aren't going well during practice, just try to get the team back right or my group back right mentally and just get us back into the... Into the, into the game.
3: All right, I've talked a lot about you, but real quick before I let you go, tell me about the rest of the D line. A lot of young guys in there with you. How do you feel about this group as a whole right now, moving forward?
4: I feel like we got a lot of potential. We, there's just, just some things that we got to clean up, but there's a lot of athleticism in our room and a lot of things that we can uh, you can look forward to seeing this year.
3: Hey, I'm a 918 guy, so anytime right, I can man. get a Tulsa guy in here, I'm all about it, LaRon. Great start to the season, man. Good luck this weekend against Kansas State. Thanks for swinging by.
6: All right, thank you. We'll get back to Chris Plank here in just a second. Let's talk some offense, though. Spencer Rattler, sensational in his debut as the starting quarterback. Uh, the offensive line, what, there was a little bit of criticism among the fan base after the game that they didn't run the ball as well as perhaps they thought they would. What was your assessment?
1: Well, I think that I think that criticism is justified. Um, there's probably some, some good excuses as to why that's – Uh, The case, you know, a lot of moving parts there, guys in and out of the lineup throughout uh, training camp and and week one. We're missing several guys there, maybe having to move a couple of people around, uh, still waiting to get word on on a guy, whether or not he's going to be eligible to play this year. So there's a lot of moving parts there for the offensive line. And uh, I think we ran the ball maybe three point five yards per attempt, which, you know, is is low. For this team, though, it's really low. I mean, we're usually up around the, you know, the seven mark, which is typically unattainable. But that's how good we are running the football. So you would think against an opponent like Missouri State that 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 would be the case. I don't think it's anything to to get worried about as of right now. I think that once this group uh, gets a little more settled, once we get the... The, the virus situation behind us a little bit more. We've got more carryover week to week, uh, not just in games, but in practice. I think they'll start to have some really good cohesion there. I don't think we have anything to worry about in the backfield. Think there's some good talent back there running the football. So I do think the running game is going to come around, but it, it is something to watch. You know, we gave up some sacks. Now um, I'm not necessarily sure on all those that it was necessarily offensive lines fault. I think quarterback kind of ran in to, to a couple of those when he didn't need to. We had a couple of holding plays. One was called, one wasn't. So there was some stuff there that you want to get cleaned up a little bit. But, again, nothing to be too concerned with. Uh, but we'd like to see some better offensive line play against Kansas State.
6: Big part of the running game is the H-back position as a lead blocker, sometimes as a ball carrier. Oklahoma has a phenomenal set of H-backs. Mikey Henderson made his <laughs> debut Last week, he looked amazing. The freshman out of the St. Louis area. Of course, Braden Willis we haven't seen yet. Austin Stogner and Jeremiah Hall, who sat down earlier today with Chris Plank. All
3: right, we roll on with Jeremiah Hall, standout H-back for the Oklahoma Sooners. First of all, uh, Jeremiah, just take us through the overall feel for this team right now. Obviously, you get a game under your belt now heading in off the bye week into game two. What's the overall feel in the locker room right now with this squad?
5: Uh, continue to be better. You know, obviously it was it was one game. We're glad we got the W. But at the end of the day, everybody on the field has to get better for two reasons. Number one, we have an end goal to win a national championship. Number two, with the circumstances of COVID and um, everything that's going on in terms of um, not being able to play for a certain period of time or, you know, anyone could be out at any given day. And so that means everybody has to step up and um, that's the reason why we have to continue to get better.
3: Boy, that, that ratchets up a little bit of, of everything for everyone, right? Yeah. It's uh, you, you just never know when it's your time. So I can imagine some of these practices have been pretty competitive, haven't they?
5: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, like you just said, everybody has to put their best foot forward because you never know. You never know when your opportunity is going to come.
3: You know, a lot of people talking about the throw last week, uh, two, uh, two weeks ago now. Take me through the play when Spencer Rattler found you dancing around a little bit. You end up coming back to the football. What, what was, uh, I mean, was that just find a place to get open for
5: you there, Jeremiah? Yeah, you know what? So the, uh, to the fans, it may seem like a great throw and a great <laughs> play, which it was, but, you know, for us, that's normal. You know, <laughs> that happens every day in practice, and we're told to keep playing. You know, you never know when Spencer's going to throw that thing to you. And obviously, like he did last week, he put it right on the money. I kept on playing, and the rest is history. From the perspective
3: of just the focus right now, you know, we we talked about game planning and getting ready for Kansas State. Uh, We'll we'll get to talking about that here in just a second. But do you have to block – I mean, following protocols is necessary, but do you block out corona when you're out there on the field? I mean, how do you guys prepare? But also, you know, you're getting tested three times a week. Does it hang over you? Do you just block it out and follow all the protocols?
5: Um, really, once you're out there on the field, you're out there on the field. Right. You know, there are no excuses in terms of whether it be COVID-19, your classwork, um, anything. You know, once you're on the field, you're thinking about ball, and that's how I expect the rest of my teammates to go out there and play. Because you know, like I said, once you're out there, you can't do anything about it. You right. Know, obviously, you're wearing the mask, and so you're probably thinking about that. But besides that. <laughs> You know, we have a responsibility to go out there and play.
3: How unique was it with no fans in the stands? Maybe I should put that, limited fans in the stands. You're you're used to that place going crazy, but it was a little bit different. What was that like on the field?
5: Oh, it wasn't too bad. You know, I I really didn't, you know, same thing like what I just said in practice. Once you're out there on the field, you know, you don't really think about it. But in terms of the volume, in terms of the energy, it it was still well felt. You know, shout out to Center Nation. You guys did a great job regardless of the situations. And uh, I had a good time. Kansas State this weekend coming in, 11 a.m.
3: start. Uh, Obviously, they they did a number on us last year, but take me through what you've seen from Chris Kleiman's defense and how you guys are are ready to roll on Saturday.
5: Uh, They're well coached. They're well coached. But we're well coached too, you know. We have a chip on our shoulder, and um, we're ready to go out there and get after those boys.
3: All right, final thought, and I'll let you get out of here. That H-back room has got to be a fun one, not just with Coach Beamer running it, but you've got yourself, you got Braden in there. Uh, Mikey Henderson looked well. Take me through the competition in that room, because what competition breeds excellence, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, Austin Stogner's in that room yep, too. That's right. You know, he he rotates with our room and uh, Coach Gunny, and you know, I think. I honestly think we have the best HVAC room in the country, the best tight end room in the country, and I'll, I'll put ups against anybody. And so when you have those guys next to you challenging you, you're always going to want to get better, and I have fun doing it with them. Jeremiah, appreciate your time, man. Good luck this weekend, and thanks for coming on. Thank you.
6: Like that guy, he has really blossomed into a fine football player, and you were amazed at the uh, catch for a fullback that he made uh, on he, Saturday. I
1: mean, he's a three-point stance, old-school fullback. Is And he's catching a comeback route on a pylon in the end zone on, like, what, a 20-some-yard pass. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to see that anywhere else in college football. It's unbelievable. With that group, um, you know, with number three coming in, Mikey Anderson, I mean, it's – I didn't know what to expect from him. When he wears the three, he looks like a tailback. Mm-hmm. But whenever you find him on the roster – He's two hundred fifty pound dude, two hundred forty five, two hundred fifty pounds, six foot two. I mean, he's a gigantic guy. I agree with Hall. That's the best H back room in the country, and I don't even think it's close.
6: You are drawing up four H back sets over there? Is that
1: what well, you're doing? Well, I, I mean, th- this, that's an old goal line play that I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they run. I mean, it's, it, it's an old favorite. It's something it's that you see, and I, I think it's going to be a short yardage package that you're going to see them in a little bit more now I've got it drawn up here because it's funny I was just thinking about it it's it's a couple of fullbacks and a couple of of tight ends but you could honestly split out all of these guys and feel 100% comfortable in it and that's why I think it's so dangerous the way Oklahoma has their H-backs because are they receivers are they fullbacks? Are they ball carriers? Are yes. they inline tight ends? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so as a defensive coordinator, you don't know how to set up your defense. Should we be in coverage here? Should we be in a run-heavy formation? Should we be blitzing? You don't know what to do. So right. I love it. I love that position, and I love the way Lincoln Riley's been choosing uh, his, his ways to use it.
6: I think you're on to something. I think there's going to be a goal line situation at some point this year where they're going to trot them all on the field. All four H-backs in a heavy set. They're going to line up. You know, stacked, and then they're going to spread out, yeah, and the defense throw it to Stogner or something. So it's going to be great. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk a little Big Twelve football when we come back. Stay with us, too. Lincoln Riley's right around the corner. Back after this.
2: The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue, Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Riverwind. Still the one. Sooner fans, be sure to check out Soonersports.com for your chance to win Red River Showdown football tickets from Love's Travel Stops, Riverwind, and Homeland. Only one game in the Big
6: 12 last week after the Baylor and Houston game got shelved. It was Oklahoma State and Tulsa. Cowboys, first quarter, down the field, kicked a field goal. You thought, here they go, but no, boy. This one got a little sideways on them. Spencer Sanders, you see him hobbling there. He would have to leave, and Teddy, the Cowboys were in
1: trouble. Boy, they were. Uh, Tulsa just hung around, hung around, took the lead there going into halftime. Um, you know, they had a bunch of weird stuff kind of happened in this game. You thought Oklahoma State was finally going to be able to jump up on top. Um, it was <laughs> it was difficult. And, you know, Tulsa had chances to win this game late. I mean, you know, here's a touchdown that's going to get called back for a false start or Tulsa's going to go up late in the game and then they miss a field goal. Mm. So, um you know, that was going to tie it. And then at that point, it was just too much. Oklahoma State uh, finally started moving the ball. They had to go to their third-team quarterback. And he went in and, you know, actually did okay. And the one bright spot they had, I think you've got to say, is Oklahoma State's defense played pretty good.
6: Illingworth came in and saved mm-hmm. the day. We'll see if the big freshman gets the start this week. Let's take a look at our uh, Big 12 schedule coming up this week. It's presented by Kincaid Coach. Kincaid Coach is the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. So here we go. I mean, it's Big 12 football time. Nothing but Big 12 matchups now. Five of them across the board. You see uh, OU at the top at 11 a.m. Iowa State and TCU. Teddy, I think we're going to talk about this one a little more coming up in our pick segment. I'm excited about that game at 1230. Texas at Texas Tech also in our pick segment coming up in a bit. That'll be the 230 Fox game. Sam Ellinger heads out west to take on Alex Bowman. OSU uh, West Virginia will be in Stillwater to face the Cowboys at two 30 on ABC Kansas and Baylor gets the primetime slot. We haven't seen Baylor yet this year. I don't know what they are.
1: I don't know what to expect at all from Baylor. I don't know how many guys they're going to have out there on the field. They've been fighting through uh, virus numbers for a long time. Now Uh, it's a new season, new coach, Aranda, new coordinators, Uh, They're missing a bunch of guys off that team from a year ago. I have no idea what to expect from Baylor. And judging by what I've seen across college football in their first outing, it Mm. could be a bit of a headache.
6: Same for TCU for that matter. Meanwhile, the SEC gets going as well this week. So you got some better matchups around the country. How about an opener? Florida, the number five ranked team in the nation, will go to Ole Miss to take on Lane Kiffin. At 11 o'clock in the morning, Kentucky and Auburn, a top 25 matchup in the SEC. LSU, the defending national champs, have to take on Mike Leach in the opener. It is in Death Valley. That'll be interesting.
1: Someone's going down in in the SEC, I would say. One of these higher-ranked teams just, you know, fighting through what we've seen, the weird preseason having to jump right into some of these tougher matchups. You don't know what everyone's situation has been through training camp, how many guys that they've had available. Wouldn't shock me if Kentucky showed up and played Auburn really close. Wouldn't shock me if Leach and Mississippi State, uh, you know, jump on top of LSU and they've got a bunch of guys out and they've been fighting through some stuff. So uh, someone's going to get bit here in week one from the SEC. You're calling it. There's going to be an
6: SEC upset in week one. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll talk about Sooners in the NFL. Kyler Murray is tearing it up early in the season. We'll be back here at Rudy's. You're watching the huddle.
2: We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exidos 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to SoonerSports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OGD. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Two weeks in the books in the NFL,
6: and here's a look at what some of the Sooners are doing. I'm going to save Kyler for a second. Baker got him a big win on Thursday night.
1: Needed it. Needed it. Looked good out there. Uh, running game going strong. Uh, that was a fun game. Yeah, I never thought that I would get that excited for the Browns versus the Bengals, uh, both <laughs> winless in Week Two on a Thursday night. But I was. It was. It was a lot of fun. A uh, really fun game. Uh, Baker had had a performance that he needed. Uh, looked good out there, uh, ripping the ball around.
6: Kenneth Murray playing well early in his rookie season. He had ten tackles in a near upset of the Chiefs. And C.D. Lamb, one of the stars of an amazing comeback for Dallas.
1: Yeah, had a good week one. I think he had like five for 54 in week one. Builds on that in week two, six catches, 106 yards. So uh, he's working his way up the ladder there uh, as a target for Dak Prescott. He's done really well. Back to Kyler Murray.
6: Hollywood had a nice game as well. Back to Kyler, 26 of 38 against Washington, 286. A touchdown through the air, two more on the ground. He ran for 67 yards. He is the first quarterback ever through the first two weeks of the season to throw for over 500 and run for over 150 yards. He looks amazing early, Teddy.
1: He looks amazing. The Cardinals look really good. DeAndre Hopkins and saying this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) Uh, That hookup between those two guys is so much fun to watch. Uh, Oh, by the way, Larry Fitzgerald's there too. So it's it's awesome. I mean, he's the future of the NFL. He really is. He's a guy that can absolutely do everything if he needs to stay in the pocket he can stay in the pocket if he needs to get outside and create he can do that if you need to dial up his number in the running game on short yardage uh you know he's more than capable of that as well he's you know a lot of times we see some of these college quarterbacks that run the ball and you say well when you go to the next level you can't run around those dns and those edge players like you can in college that does not apply for kyler murray he can run around those guys and the other thing you hear in the NFL is there's no running quarterback in the NFL that – that there's no old uh, running quarterbacks right. in the NFL is they what they hurt. say yeah. is because they all get hurt. <laughs> but Kyler Murray doesn't ever get hit. He never gets tackled. He slides, runs out of bounds, or scores every time he takes off. It's absolutely amazing. He's – I mean, I don't – NFL has a, has a way of catching up to you throughout a season and throughout your career and finding ways to stop you. But I, they're going to have to figure something out with Kyler, and I don't know what it's going to be. Um, outside of finding other guys that are as fast as him uh, to put out there that can still rush against a big tackle, I don't know that the person exists.
6: Here's the deal. He's becoming must-see TV. He has become yeah. must-see TV. It's taking the networks a little bit of time to catch up to him. But he's going to start getting a bunch of prime time, big time it's, stages,
1: right? And it's the same thing that we kind of saw with Lamar Jackson, right? Yes. Last year yeah. it was, you know, he started off really hot and kept building and building. And By the end of the season, he was, you know, they were all over prime time television.
6: Yeah. It's kind of hard to wa- find a Cardinals game right now. That's not going to be the case much longer. He's hey, too entertaining.
1: Don't look now, but that division, 49ers, may be the bottom of that division now, and. You know, but should have won the
6: Super Bowl last year.
1: Yeah. L.A., Seattle and Arizona. It's going to be a fun one to watch.
6: OK, uh, next hour, we got the Lincoln Riley show. And obviously, uh, one of the favorite feature that uh, features of that show is the Butkus brain teaser. What do you got for coach tonight? Got a good
1: one? I mean, I think it's really good. Tough. I think it's really tough. It's a so it's going to be a scoring play from way back in 2017. Against Kansas State in Manhattan,
6: scoring plays usually he's money on.
1: He is, but here's what's here's actually what's,
6: anything he's money on. Right. I don't know, but he's been money
1: on everything. Yeah. What's interesting about this one is, I I don't know that he's got a reason to be watching this one right now. You know, because it's it's the old coaching staff in 2017. It's a Kansas State game. It's a Kansas okay. State game. I don't know. I would be. I'd be. I mean, not surprised. Obviously, I'm, he gets it all the time, but. Very impressed if he nails this one. All right.
6: Next hour, Butkus Brain Teaser coming up for Lincoln Riley, who is 1-0 so far on the season. Let's take a timeout. Our picks of the week coming up next here on The Huddle.
2: Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners. OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola and OU Medicine.
6: Hey, how would you like to be able to listen to Teddy and the rest of the Sooner broadcast all synced up to your TV in the comfort of your own home? Go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how here's a look at our pick'em results from last week uh Boston College beat Duke Teddy we both missed that one
0: is that right
6: that's right uh Houston and Baylor did not play so we should not get negative credit for that let's just make sure that's not a a loss on our record Uh, App State Marshall Marshall won that game so that's a correct for me incorrect for you UCF and Georgia Tech we both picked Josh Heupel's team that delivered they look good. You had Miami. I had Louisville. So you're right on that. So at the bottom, you can see we are off to a rip-roaring start in 2020. We are both three and six.
1: In all fairness, it's been difficult because of a lot of unknowns, Toby. Right. So let's not hammer ourselves It's too been hard difficult just yet.
6: because we've missed a lot of them early on. Correct. So we got five games to pick for you tonight. First one in the ACC top 25 matchup, Louisville at
1: Pitt. Give me Pitt. Um, I, I think I think Louisville's got uh, some decent stuff there. I'll take Pitt. I don't have a very good reason why, mm. but uh, give me Pitt in this one. I like him. <laughs>
6: OK, very I good. Like Pitt's two and oh uh, Louisville lost to Miami last week at home. They burned me last week after I picked him. What do you want to say? I see. No,
1: no, 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 no. That that's right. I, I thought they had a couple of opportunities in that game where they were gonna they did. Uh, you know make a run for it. But
6: I like Malik Cunningham. Their quarterback right. is a pretty dynamic player, but I'm gonna take Pitt as well. They're undefeated, they're feeling good about themselves, they're at home, and wide receiver 2-2 Atwell is gonna be the difference in this really? one. We'll the both wide take receiver. Pitt. That's okay. right. Yeah. Iowa State at TCU. Let's go to the Big 12. The Cyclones are 0-1, Ted. They they got upset by Louisiana on their home field. Now they got to go on the road to take on a TCU team that hasn't played
1: a game yet. TCU has not played. Uh, give me Iowa State. Not only have they not played, they've been without quarterback Max Duggan. Now, he's been practicing with the football team. Um, he's not going to get the start, but he could play in the game, and and that's going to be a big factor, but... Iowa State, we've already seen them. They've got their ugly game out of the way, okay? And they don't play well to start off seasons typically. So uh, everything is just going like it typically does for Iowa State right now. (laughs) And you know what happens with coaches whenever their team goes out and starts off the season poorly? uh, They're going to get them wired in coming up. So I think Iowa State's going to be vastly improved over week one. And TCU, not only have they been missing uh, Duggan and not played, but they've been hammered early on by testing and contact tracing. So um, some of their – I don't know. I just don't know how productive their training camp and some of their practices have been. Give me Iowa State.
6: Listen, if TCU comes out and plays well, that would be an amazing testament to Gary Patterson. After everything they've been through, after everything the quarterback has been through – It's just hard to imagine they're going to look very polished. If Iowa State loses this game, they're staring 0-3 down the barrel because they got Oklahoma at their place next. I'm with you. I think Iowa State's going to get it done, even though they're on the road. Staying in the Big 12, Texas, number eight in the country at Texas Tech. Who you got?
1: I'm going to take Texas, but this would be a very Texas thing to do after looking good in week one against UTEP, feeling really good about themselves, Tech, uh, you know, barely getting past a Houston Baptist team. You know, looked like they were going to control that game early on. Ended up giving up a bunch of yards and points. It would be very Texas to just, you know, stroll into Lubbock like uh, the Red Raiders are going to lay down for them uh, and play poorly. But I will reluctantly pick Texas in this one. Great
6: quarterback matchup. Sam mm-hmm. Ellinger, Alex Bowman threw for 430 yards right. in that opening game against Houston Baptist. Tech will play better than they did in the opener. But not good enough to win. I'll take Texas as well. Army supposed to be on. I think. In fact, I think it was supposed to be this week. OU was going to be at West Point. Army's undefeated early in the season, ranked number twenty-two in the nation. They are at number fourteen. Cincinnati.
1: I'm taking Cincinnati. I like the way that they've played de- uh, defense in recent years. Now Army, as we know, is a, a difficult preparation game. But uh, Cincinnati's got some athletic guys on that mm-hmm. defense. Typically, their edge guys are really good, good backers. Defensive line has been pretty good. They're coached well. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati in this one.
6: If you are not a solid defensive team, Army will carve you up with what they do. But unfortunately for them, Cincinnati, as you mentioned, is a solid defensive team. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. I think Cincinnati is the best non-Power 5 team in the country this year. I put them ahead of UCF. Wow. I'll take Cincinnati as well. And the final game, uh, back to the state of Florida. Florida State goes to number 12, Miami. Undefeated Miami.
1: Yep. Miami and Derek King are going to win this one. Um, Norvell with FSU's out with Mm -hmm. the coronavirus. I think there's a chance that maybe he was just dodging this game after losing the opener to Georgia Tech and maybe going down to in-state Miami. He may sit this one out. Watch it from home. (laughs)
6: He is going to sit this one (laughs) out. I can promise you that's going to (laughs) happen. I like Miami as well. I think the turnover chain could get a lot of action on Saturday night. The Eric King is getting all the headlines for Miami, and he's playing well. But Camron Harris, their running back, is a beast. They're feeling really good about themselves after they went up to Louisville and won. And historically, we know what happens when yep. Miami starts feeling good about themselves. And, um,
1: and they're, they're without their best player, too. That big defensive end they yep. had was just amazing. So they're missing him and still playing well. Now, hopefully we do better this week.
6: All right, thanks for watching, everybody. Hope you'll stick around. The Lincoln Riley Show is coming up next. And we will see you next week on The Huddle. Boomer Sooner, everybody.
3: All right, don't forget, a little bit later on this evening, the Varsity O's very special podcast, Sooners for Life, will be coming up. Rodney Anderson was their guest, so... Uh, we'll get you ready for Kansas State as Jess sits down with Rodney Anderson. Tomorrow morning, the scene setter will drop, as will Coach's Corner. With well, let's see, Who do we have on Coach's Corner this week? Oh, yeah, Roy Manning and Cale Gundy. It's all coming up here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great start to your weekend. And boomer sooner, everybody.